Hello, I'm Father Luke Goymore and welcome to I Believe, a series of catechetical reflections on the Apostles' Creed. Since the 4th century, Christians have summed up their belief in a series of statements of faith called the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is used by Christians throughout the world in both private recitation and in the liturgy of the Church. In this series, we take a moment to pause and reflect on the significance of this great prayer and universal statement of belief. In today's episode, we reflect on He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. The Last Things The second coming of Christ is something that conjures up, I think, rich imagery and has been the inspiration for many artists, novelists and filmmakers throughout the ages. It's probably true to say, however, that judgment, and in fact anything that relates to what we've traditionally referred to as the last things, is not something that is overly talked about in our parish churches these days. Now this may well be because the preaching in the past uh, was more often of the fire and brimstone variety, keeping people in the faith, as it were, through fear of what is to come. Now whilst quite rightfully in recent times the emphasis has shifted onto the incomprehensible love and mercy of God, it is possible that, at least as far as preaching and teaching is concerned, the balance has shifted too far the other way. This has had the unfortunate consequence that fewer people than ever now hear or understand the truths of the faith that pertain to the Last Judgment Heaven, hell and purgatory are doctrines which remain as true today as they ever did. Furthermore, when we profess that Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead, we are acknowledging the role that Christ has in passing judgment on all of creation. So what happens when we die? When we die, we are judged by God. This judgment is referred to as the particular judgment. And at the particular judgment, one of three things then occur. If we have died in friendship with God and purified of all our faults, we will go to heaven. If we have died in friendship with God but still have some unfinished business, as it were, then we will go to purgatory where we are purified and made ready for heaven. If we die in a state where, by living a life that rejects love, goodness, truth and beauty, we have then chosen to cut ourselves off from God, then, by what is essentially our choice, we would go to hell. The Catechism says, Each man receives his eternal retribution in his immortal soul at the very moment of his death, in a particular judgment that refers his life to Christ, either entrance into the blessedness of heaven through a purification, or immediately, or immediate and everlasting damnation. It's Catechism 1022. We cannot assume simply that everyone dies and goes to heaven. 
the general way in which people talk today seem to assume that most people die and go to heaven and it's only the Hitlers of this world that end up in hell. Now whilst it is true that nobody knows except God who goes to hell, what we do know through scripture and tradition is that hell is a dreadful and real possibility for us. Jesus urges us to enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. It's Matthew 7, 13 and 14. The way, however, that many people talk and behave today is, is, is as if the scripture read the opposite. Enter by the wide gate, for the gate is narrow and difficult that leads to destruction. Jesus talks about hell in scripture. We can't get away from this. And he talks about the eternal destination of the soul. St Paul also reiterates that we will be held accountable for our actions in life. 2 Corinthians 5.3 says, Whether we are living in the body or exiled from it, we are intent on pleasing him, for all the truth about us will be brought out in the law courts of Christ, and each of us will get what he deserves for the things he did in the body, good or bad. Judgment also occurs at the end of time, and this is called the last or final judgment. Now this would happen at the second coming of Christ. The first coming of Christ was 2,000 years ago in a little stable in Bethlehem. The second coming will see the return of the Christ constituted as Lord by his resurrection. This second coming is a glorious and triumphant return of Jesus as Lord and Saviour. How and when this will take place, no one knows for sure. But at the end of time, Christ will come and judge all universally, the living and the dead. The Catechism describes it in these terms. Following in the steps of the prophets, and John the Baptist. Jesus announced the judgment on the last day in his preaching. Then will the conduct of each one and the secrets of hearts be brought to light. Then will the culpable unbelief that counted the offer of God's grace as nothing be condemned. Our attitude to our neighbour will disclose acceptance or refusal of grace and divine love. On the last day, Jesus will say, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brethren, my brethren, you did it to me. That's Catechism of the Catholic Church 678. Both sacred scripture and the church's tradition testify that during the last times there will be a time of great unrest and upheavals with trials and persecutions affecting the church and testing the faith of many believers. This said, we should not be discouraged. This should be seen as the, the dark side of what will become a new reality, birth pangs if you will. With the second coming of Christ, God ushers in a new heaven and a new earth where goodness, glory, beauty and truth reign. 
at the second coming of Jesus Christ, we will be resurrected with new bodies and judged both and judged both corporately and publicly. Two judgments. So there are then these uh, two judgments which occur for several reasons. First and most significantly, the final judgment will disclose in full the justice and glory of God for all to see. It's important to note that this final judgment is different from the particular judgment that occurs immediately when we die. It's also important to understand that heaven, hell and purgatory are not geographical locations so much as states of being. This means that when we die, our state of existence becomes one of either heaven, purgatory or hell. At death, we no longer have a body, so anything which speaks of physical geography as we understand it really doesn't make sense. At the second coming and final judgment, we will all be judged, the living and the dead, together. This is where our language then begins to break down a bit, because we're talking about the interplay between eternity and chronological time, and we do not have any real reference points for this totally new way of thinking and existing. It's not as if those who exist in heaven after death on further judgment will find themselves in hell and those in hell will go anywhere else. Whatever judgment one receives at death is immediate and permanent. Rather, the effects of each person's individual judgment will be seen in light of the impact that it has had on other people, including our family, our friends, on those around us and those uh, people around them. The last judgment is a, a universal putting right, as it were, of the, the whole of creation. At the end of time, we will be able to see the whole of salvation history within its proper context. Catechism 1040 says this, The last judgment will come when Christ returns in glory. Only the Father knows the day and the hour. Only he determines the moment of its coming. Then, through his Son, Jesus Christ, he will pronounce the final word on all history. We shall know the ultimate meaning of the whole work of creation and of the entire economy of salvation and understand the marvellous ways by which his providence led everything towards its final end. The last judgment will reveal that God's justice triumphs over all injustices committed by his creatures and that God's love is stronger than death. It's also worth noting that for those people who are living at the um, time of the second coming, particular judgment, that judgment what happens immediately when you die, will not occur as a separate reality. Rather, they will experience the final judgment of the living and the dead. The final judgment involves the full human person and as such is a completion, if you like, of, of all whom we are and have been created to be. At the second coming and at the last judgment, we receive new resurrected bodies. We'll explore this idea in further reflections. Since um, we sin 
and perform virtuous acts as beings made up of both body and soul, it's proper that we should be judged as beings made up of both body and soul. And this is precisely what happens at the final judgment. The Catechism sums it up thus. At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come in all its fullness. After the universal judgment, the righteous will reign forever with Christ, glorified in body and soul. The universe itself will be renewed. That's Catechism 10.42. When we profess in the creed that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. We are acknowledging that judgment, heaven and hell are realities that concern all of us. We are saying that Christ will come back to earth as Lord in his full glory and God will put right all that has been wrong. We need not be disturbed or scared of Christ's return. We should look forward to it, confident that all things will be made right again and that God's goodness, love and mercy run deeper than we could ever fully comprehend. Thank you for listening to I Believe. Join us next time when we will be reflecting upon the phrase, I believe in the Holy Spirit. May God bless you and confirm you in your faith. Amen.